to Direct Impact, where we discuss the various ways our mental health and quality of life intersect. I'm your host, Andrea Epstein, licensed professional counselor, master's addictions counselor, and certified sex therapist. Think of our time together as focused self-reflection mixed with insight, passion, and empowerment. Now, take a deep breath. Now, let's dive in and see what impacts you today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So happy to have you back. All right. So this week is super exciting, value packed, lots and lots and lots of gold nuggets sprinkled throughout this entire interview. We're going to be talking about joy, purpose driven peace. We're also going to be talking about ignorance, hate and destruction versus being open and compassionate and discerning. All right, guys, this is going to be chalked full of self-reflection and light bulbs going off everywhere. All right, so buckle up. Here we go. We are so grateful, as always, to be with our amazing listeners. And today we've got a real treat for you. We have Pastor Kenny Grant, and he is a senior pastor at Calvary Baptist Church in Savannah, Georgia. He is just an amazing individual. I am proud to say I have known Kenny since I was pretty young. Yes, pretty young. It's a little girl. So, just grateful to have him on the show. And just I feel like he's got a lot of gold nuggets for you guys today. All of you out here who are really just thinking about passion and purpose and how to identify that and put that to good use in your life because that's what we're all about identifying and spending some time together, being mindful just of where we are and where we're going and where we're called to be. So we're going to get a little Pastor Kenny's uh, perspective on that. So welcome. Thank you for having (laughs) me, Andrea. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, as you said, I'm a pastor of uh, Calvary Baptist here in the city. I was, when I went there, the only chip in the cookie dough, which means I'm <laughs> <laughs> the only black man in an all-white church. But they accepted me with open arms, and I've been pastoring there for 10 years. Before I became, became a pastor here, I pastored two other churches that I planted, actually, and pastored one for nine years and the other for 13 years. And then I became an itinerant preacher where I sort of traveled around the country and, uh-huh. and, and uh, even different countries preaching. But then this church came along and asked me if I would come. And I've been there for 10 years. Before I became a pastor, though, I was a United States Marine Uh and a United States Marine Corps drill instructor at Paris Island. And so it's been a circuitous route to make it to where I am now. I've cleaned up my language considerably, (laughs) (laughs) but the same intensity. But I'm excited to be where I am today. God knew what he was doing. That's right. Tell us a little bit. I'd love for the listeners to hear a little bit more about that process of coming from, you know, being a Marine in the United States military and all that you did there and then transitioning into your spiritual life. Well, my job in the Marines mm-hmm. was to be a an ordinanceman. I built rockets and bombs uh-huh. and missiles. And then I went to went on to be a Marine Corps drill instructor as an intense sort of a job, but it's a, you know, wonderful, fulfilling job because you saw people come from hometown USA uh-huh. and then three years or three months later, they were United States Marine fighting men and women, in fact. But while I was in the Marine Corps, 
I came to know Christ as my Savior, and Mm -hmm. He changed me, radically, dramatically changed me, and I sensed a calling into the ministry while I was a Marine. And so after nine years, I simply lit a match to that, and I went to pursue the calling that I felt like God put upon my heart to be a preacher Mm -hmm. of the gospel, and I did not go to seminary. I went to a little Bible institute while starting the first church. And as I said, pastored that church for nine years, and it grew to a considerable size. And I wanted to start over after nine years, so I planted another church, and it grew. So it's been sort of an interesting route, but God has been with me every step of the way. I love that. And what I love about your story for our listeners is it sounds to me anyway, and I'd like to hear more you know, from you, but it sounds to me like you took so much of what you learned in the military as far as discipline and obedience and all of those things into your spiritual life. And so I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. Well, as Marines, you do what you're told. You know? <laughs> so there is a place for everything and it is sort of a disciplined life. Mm-hmm. And so, so much of that transfers over. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, you know, I've been married for 42 years to my wife. We were married. She was 15 and I was 18. So I robbed the cradle, but I kept what I stole. (laughs) Right. So, so it's been 42 years. But as I look back over how I think the Lord has blessed our lives, it's, it's, you know, Marine Corps laid such a foundation for everything else I've done in my life Mm -hmm. since uh, having gotten out. So I'm a Marine through and through. That never changes. And, you know, I have a men's ministry here in town Mm -hmm. and uh, we minister to about 300 guys a week. And, you know, just in a Bible study, a large Bible study. And uh, these are influencers around the city, Mm -hmm. men who are really influencers. And so I've, I've spent my life seeking to influence influencers. And that's that's a very fulfilling thing. It is. Absolutely. So. I appreciate, you know, a little bit of your background and your story. And let's also, what I want to ask you to dive a little bit deeper in as well is, since you've been a pastor or just in your whole life experience, where have you seen people's mental health and their emotional well-being kind of getting corroded and kind of like eaten away at? You know, where do you really see individuals struggle and how does that impact even their spiritual life? Well, certainly as a pastor, and I'm not a mental health clinician by any stretch, but doing pastoral counseling, and Mm -hmm. I do that all week, every Mm -hmm. day, just about with someone. And uh, I have found out that maybe there are three things that I think that eats away at mental health. Mm-hmm. Guilt, shame, and bitterness. And anger could certainly be put into that bitterness. But I've seen these things, and they are absolutely corrosive mm-hmm. to the person. And they absolutely shape the kind of thinking that people have. And so I would probably identify those th- three things as the biggest culprits. Okay. I love that because I am a psychotherapist and I too sit with people, right? meeting them where they are every week. And I would identify very similar things as what corrosive, um, is corrosive to the soul. Right. And, and I would say resentment, right, which is like bitterness, bitterness is- and um, hate acted inward or outward. Yes. Yes. Um, I would also say that toxic shame, right, which I differentiate from guilt attack because for me, guilt is, oops, don't want to go down that path again. And right. shame is, um, I am that path and I can't help but go okay, down Okay, that's it. a very good point. Yeah. And then, I mean, I just, I feel like you 
from a, pe- a spiritual perspective and myself from a psychological perspective, you know, we are helping people to identify these negative core issues and struggles. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Living comes from thinking. Mm-hmm. I live the way I think. Nobody rises any higher than their thinking. Nobody goes any farther than their thinking. You don't live any nobler than your thinking. And that's where I believe we have a real enemy. There is a real devil who fights healthy, wholesome, holy, happy thinking. Mm-hmm. And so these things that uh, guilt and shame or what you might call, what did you say? It was uh, shame. Toxic shame and resentment. Toxic shame and resentment. And these things are really, really corrosive to Mm -hmm. the person. Mm -hmm. The me I see is the me I'll be. Mm. I believe that to be true. And so I believe there's a real enemy who fights against real what I call healthy thinking. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I witness that every day. And I see it absolutely corrosive to the person and then certainly if it's if it's a problem to me it's going to be a problem to the people who love me right or the people that i'm supposed to love the Mm -hmm. people and most often who is that the people nearest to me Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. corrosive to myself and corrosive to relationships and and all of that so mental health is absolutely something we have to give attention okay so that's a perfect segue into what is corrosive to the family system well, and you just said those same things are negatively impacting the system, but specifically in in marriages and a family relation, what are you seeing is um, negatively impacting them? Well, I, I'll tell you this: it, families, because I, there is a very spiritual element to this, mm-hmm. right? God loves the family. Mm-hmm. God has has set the family up as his primary institution before government and school and even church is the family. The very fabric of society is the family. So it's no wonder to me that the crosshairs of the enemy, the mm-hmm. real enemy, Satan, is upon the family. Mm-hmm. And again, he wants to control the way we think. Bad thinking. And so I, I see a stinking lot of thinking, stinking, as they say in the rooms, yes. thinking. <laughs> and so, again, these these things that I've already mentioned are corrupt, you know, corrosive to the family. The Bible says that a husband, for instance, is to love his wife and to encircle her. But, you know, it's hard to love others if you're not in love with yourself mm-hmm. or if you love yourself, I might say too much. <laughs> so there's a there's a there's a right way to love yourself. I believe God wants us to love ourselves. He loves us. Mm-hmm. I can love anything that God loves. He loves me. So it's not wrong for me to love myself. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I'm to love others as I love myself. But I do believe that there is a right way to love myself. And if I love myself that way, I love you. I think joy goes this way now, mm-hmm. Andrea. Jesus, others, and you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Get to know the one who loves you most and best. Get to know him. And you'll find out that real joy comes from loving him and then loving others. Really learning how to live selflessly. Now, that's easier to talk about than it is to do. But I really believe that when people find happiness, they don't find happiness because they've been pursuing happiness. Happiness is something that finds you because you're pursuing something greater than happiness. And when you serve others, Dr. Martin King said this, anybody can be great because anybody can serve. 
And so greatness comes in serving other people. So it's mm. Jesus and it's others. And then you'll find out that you've made yourself a happy and a healthy person, a whole person, by keeping the priorities straight. I love that. For all of our listeners out there, no matter what your faith is, no matter what your spiritual practices are, no matter what, you know, your beliefs, I think it is so important to hear just that acronym for joy, because I believe it is a beautiful recipe for how to find joy in your life and peace in your life and peace in pursuit of your purpose. You know, because as we are pursuing our purpose-driven passions, we can really get wrapped up in loss and ambition. And so I love this recipe for joy. Right. Mm -hmm. And let me just tell you this. So when I learn how to look, my eyes can either be a window out of which I look or a mirror Mm -hmm. into which I look. And so often we're looking into a mirror and seeing no one but ourselves. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not a recipe for mental health, I don't think. Mm -mm. I I think it ought to be like a window out of which we look to see the needs of others, right? Right. The, the blessing that others are, God has blessed me, you know, with the exception of me, the whole world is made of others, mm-hmm. right? And so to look out and see others and to see how I might be a blessing to others, I think that makes me a happy and a healthy person. Absolutely. Now, speaking of it, just, you know, kind of going off the cuff here, speaking of the other, And I'm moving into how is the whole country being negatively impacted right now? Like, what are some of the things that you're seeing within our country? Because it seems like the other has become kind of a a negative focus. People see themselves and then they see the other and they have become fearful of what the other means or what the other might do or what they might bring about. Can you talk about that? Well, yeah. I mean, and it is so pronounced in our society today. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's problematic. What happens is, you know, Will Rogers, an old cowboy philosopher from a generation ago, said that ignorance is not so much a matter of what people do not know Mm -hmm. as much as it is a matter of what they do know that ain't so. (laughs) We know know a lot of things about a lot of other people that just ain't so. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's so completely polarizing. Mm -hmm. And we live in such a polarized society. Mm And it's easier to stand on my side of the street and point fingers at people on the other side of the street who are different from me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think I see happening, like a rubber band being tightened tighter and tighter, where people in our group, mm-hmm. we won't speak truth to one another. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. We won't challenge one another in what we need. The people in my group, the people in my circle. Mm-hmm. Right. We think that we are standing somehow on some principle by pointing across the street. And I don't care whether that's black people against white people or white people against black people or conservative people about liberals or liberals Uh about conservative, this generation about that generation. Mm -hmm. It's just easier to stand in your group and point accusing fingers at the other group. And I think that's what's happening in the country. Yeah. So one of the things I think I hear I hear you saying is when you are doing that, you're paralyzed to continue to, you know, look open mindedly and honestly at you and your own camp. Right. And I believe <laughs> and, and listen, when you say open mindedness, open mindedly, I believe mm-hmm. it's really sober mindedness. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Clear thinking, not so much open, but clear 
clearly understanding and listening. Mm -hmm. And again, ignorance. And challenging each other. Challenging one another. Right, right. So I'm so sure so often that Mm -hmm. I know about the other group that Mm -hmm. it it does cut me off from ever hearing or listening to Mm -hmm. hear their points of view. And that's a problem, whether it's with me and my wife or me and my son. I need to be, I you know, I need to be open to hear, but sober enough, clear enough thinker to distinguish, to hear what he has to say and what's on his heart or on, on the heart of my wife. And, yes. And I can be so sure that I already know that I stopped listening. That mm-hmm. makes me an ignorant person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. John Bradshaw said, and now this wasn't a term that he coined or anything, but something that he had heard in a workshop he attended. But when you think that you have it figured out, there is no searching for additional or new knowledge. Because you know, right? And so, and this is the backbone and basis of good, clear communication. And we have shut ourselves off from just hearing and listening with two ears, speaking with that one mouth and and, and realizing that we are built to hear and to listen and to absorb and to discern and then to speak. (laughs) The Bible says two ears, one mouth. Swift to hear, slow to speak. Mm-hmm. We turn it just the opposite. We're swift to speak and slow to hear. Yes. Right? And the Bible says, be slow to anger. We're quick to anger. Mm-hmm. But it only reflects what is, is there's there's something wrong. Stinking thinking has oh, caused yeah. it all. And to me, yeah. it also mirrors or parallels, you know, some of what we teach in um, psychotherapy and even anger management and things like that. It's get curious when you're angry. Right. Ask right. questions. Be like, I'm sorry. I thought I just heard you say, what did right. you mean by that? Right. You exactly. know, because I'm taking it this way. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. but get curious. Ask questions. Again, don't jump. Jump to a conclusion or decide that you're right because you're triggered. No. (laughs) It's, it's, again, that ignorance is, I am so sure, you know, Mm -hmm. knowing what you don't know is healthy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There are things that we don't know, but when you know that you don't know, you lean in and you try to listen. But I tell you what, when I don't know what I don't know, and I'm Mm -hmm. not intellectually curious to find Mm -hmm. out, then again, that's a real barrier for meaningful communication. I love that. I just feel like that is so important. And that's something that we're all struggling with. And we can see it. We can watch it. And unfortunately, with social media and all of that, it's, you know, I just want our listeners to now be more mindful of where you are observing communication breakdown. Oh, yeah. You know, and where there's no communication, there's not additional growth and learning and understanding and connection. I'm the master of a word unspoken. <laughs> I, I become the, I become a servant of a word that's spoken. If it's a bad word, I'm a servant. If I write it, then, oh, man, I'm a slave to that. So mm. be careful before you get on that keyboard <laughs> yes. and let her rip. You yes, know? yes <laughs> you become it's a, out there. <laughs> you become a slave to that. That's true. Oh, my goodness, yes. Well, I think that's a really good breakdown for our listeners of we're all seeing the negative impacts on ourselves our souls, our spirits, our psyche, our mental health. We're also seeing how that impacts our relationships and those we love and our connections. We're also seeing it show up everywhere in, you know, what we see, what we absorb, what we're listening to, you know, garbage in, garbage out. And then we're seeing it just in our whole nation, in our country. Well, we live in a 24-hour news cycle. Mm. 
the news is just so much despair mm-hmm. and so much angst and all of that. And it wears away. We're, mm-hmm. we're bleeding out by a thousand paper cuts, you know. Mm-hmm. And so really, in order to have clear thinking, you have to retreat. Mm-hmm. Right. The only way forward is retreating sometimes. You have to pull away from all of the noise and the nonsense and all that we're hearing and seeing. You have to pull away. And I think you have to really do some what we might call a checkup from the neck up. And mm-hmm. I think you do that in the word of God, quite frankly, I think mm-hmm. it's truth that makes us free. It frees us from false ideas and notions. And we, we have to have the kinks combed out of our heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many, so many different places I can go with that. Maybe we'll have you come back sometime to talk specifically Maybe. about idolatry because okay. you, you just uh, hit on about three things okay. that I was like, okay. And, right. and I think we have come to idolize time. As our master, Mm. I think we have come to idolize lots of things that have become our masters. And because it's not maybe anger or sexual compulsivity or, you know, drugs and alcohol and things like that, we overlook how workaholism and all of these things are, you know, becoming our idols and we are fixated. In fact, there are people who who envy workaholics, Mm. right? So these are what I might call sins in good standing, right? <laughs> They're not looked at like you might look at a person who, who is an alcoholic or something like this, but, but they are corrosive mm-hmm. nonetheless. Yeah. And so I think that what happens so easily that the things that supposed to serve are supposed to serve us, we end up serving. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. care whether how noble those things might be. When we find ourselves in a place where we're serving the things that's supposed to serve us, we, we're made slaves by those things. Even in ministry. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Especially in ministry. <laughs> so especially true. in ministry. So Yes, absolutely. And I love having this discussion, you know, especially just for our listeners, again, to hear different perspectives. I think it's great to come together to talk about the spiritual and the psychological in the same breath. Because they are so entwined, they're so in tuned, they are so connected. And even the the discussion of spiritual warfare, which I find in in my life, in my experience, is something so real and so true. But when I see spiritual warfare, I see it through addiction. I see it through mental illness. I see it through divorce. I see it through all of these things, but warfare nonetheless. Right. And so I just want us to be able to understand better the dialogue we're having today and how these things do, you know, potentially show up in your life. And so, Pastor Kenny, is there a call to action that you might have or some takeaways for our audience? Well, you know, I think I've already alluded to it. And one of them is, or perhaps I might say the main thing, is to pull away, unplug. I mean, there is so much noise blaring in our ears, so many things blaring in our eyes that we have to pull away. You know, God gave us a Sabbath, Mm -hmm. a rest time where we have recreation or as we say recreation where you pull aside and get the work rest balance back in place do some real thinking Mm -hmm. not just think that you're thinking but real real contemplation real contemplation Mm -hmm. what the bible calls meditation Mm -hmm. right thinking deeply about what is important to you and i think that uh, that's one of the things that people we're we're so connected today 
a high-tech, low-touch world. It's like, again, that rubber band is getting tighter and tighter. And I just think that it's time for people to pull away, reflect, get resettled, begin to look at people across the street and people next door to you and appreciate people. People who have the Imago Day, the image mm-hmm. of God upon them, appreciate them if for no other reason for that. Mm-hmm. All right. Even, I mean, I'm a black man. Even the racist has their, the, the, the image of God stamped upon him. Mm-hmm. I won't allow this man to make me hate him. I want to I want to love him. Mm-hmm. Right. And love is mm-hmm. not coercive. It's persuasive. And so I, I think we need to unplug. We need to disconnect. I think we need to the way forward is to retreat. Mm, I love that. I love that. Take that with you guys. I so appreciate as always you showing up and please share this episode with somebody who really needs to hear it. So please like it, send us a review, share it, please. And unplug. (laughs) You know, it's hard to say engage on social and then unplug. But I feel like I can. And let me tell you why. I do not engage in any way during my day on social. Okay, I am showing up today to speak to you because I have purpose. I have drive. I have passion. And you are my purpose and passion in this moment. But I do not look on social media. I don't have any presence on social media in my personal life. Okay, the stuff in my professional life, I'm not the wizard behind that curtain. I guarantee it because I have taken all social media and even emails. Yes, emails out of my life. Mm -hmm. I no longer engage that way because it was taking so much away from me, away from my purpose, away from my productivity and away from my long-term goals. So please take what Pastor Kenny has said today to heart and just contemplate and think about the ways that you might unplug this week and then inventory that and be like, hmm, how did that feel? Hmm. All right, guys, thanks so much for showing up. See you next time. Bye. Heads Up Guidance Services, or HUGS, is a nonprofit organization dedicated to removing all barriers to quality professional counseling services. At HUGS, all motivated individuals, couples, and families can access the support they need and deserve in an outpatient setting. They recruit dedicated, compassionate, and socially conscious professionals who volunteer their time and specialized skill pro bono. HUGS doesn't work with third-party payers, insurance companies, or government dollars. Rather, they operate entirely with the support of people just like you. To help support HUGS, visit www.headsupsavannah.org. Thank you for dropping in. Snaps to you because you have made a direct impact by listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media and stay tuned every week for a new episode of Direct Impact with Andrea Upton.